We could be thankful for our governor, but he ain't going to show up. We could be thankful for our president, but he ain't going to show up. We could be thankful for the CEO of the company we work for, but he ain't going to show up. We have a king that will make a personal visit when he finds a people that will exalt his name. So... you to know he's here. He's here. And he's not leaving. I believe that our worship has created a seat that the Lord will sit on. I believe that he's enthroned in this house. sits on the throne, but we can enthrone him. It doesn't replace his throne. He'll just sit on the people who says, God, sit on my heart. Isaiah chapter 60. As we're in this Isaiah 60 hour, and I need you all to understand, to even preface what I'm going to share on this morning, I need you to understand the importance of the reality of the Lord calls us to call us to be yoked with him. We are to take up upon us the yoke of the Lord. Everybody say yoke. Yoke. That means he says, look, I can do it without you, but I'm not going to do it without you. I need people who will partner with me by an element called faith. That will yoke, that will take my yoke upon them and learn of me. Of my meek and lowliness and accomplish my will in my in the earth. You understand why what we call the Lord's Prayer is so powerful? Because it expresses God's intent that He wants to accomplish through His sons and daughters. Abba Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That means set apart be thy name. I cannot name my favorite team with the same enthusiasm I name my God. Hallowed be thy name. I cannot name my breakthrough with the same name I name my God. 
hallowed be thy name. Even if I'm cured for cancer, the cure of cancer is not hallowed greater than his name because he's the one who cured the cancer. So I'm going to exalt the action more than I exalt the individual that released it. Does that make sense? Amen. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. He needs sons and daughters who will love him enough to surrender so his will can be expressed. His will can't be expressed without sons and daughters. Amen. We can't love him without desiring to see his will advanced in the earth. And his desire is heaven and earth look just alike. Right? I need to find and raise up companies of people who cultivate an atmosphere that when people walk through the door, they don't know if they're in earth or heaven. trying to find a people who will who will partner with me to such a degree that when people walk through the door they don't know if it's the praise team singing or angels because we have partnered with God to the degree that heaven can be expressed on earth and when I come through the doors of that church I might have been an atheist, but I can't deny there has to be something beyond this earth because there's something beyond this earth happening in that house. That's kingdom. That's partnership. That's yoking with the Lord. That is what he's calling us to. Take my yoke. Don't take your yoke. I know how you work, but take how I work. Because I can, I, I, I can do work a little bit different than you can. And so we're in this Isaiah 60 hour. Glory to the name of Jesus. And I want to share with you a few things that the Lord shared with me that are, that are so important from a partnering standpoint. Because I'm going to say this to preface you. The statement, God can do whatever he wants to do when he wants to do it isn't completely accurate. That ain't true. Not on earth. You know why? Because he wants earth to look like heaven now, but it don't. Is that true or does he want it to look like heaven right now? Is, is God saying, I want hell, I want earth to look like heaven now, or, or, or earth to look like hell right now instead of heaven? No. They are, they, God has restrained himself to his sons and daughters walking in his image. He cannot do everything he wants to do in the earth, not without us. That's what we got to understand. He could do, he's in complete control. That's not true. Right. God is in charge, but he is not in complete control. Is he in complete control of your actions? No, he's in charge of your actions, but he's not in control of your actions. You are. And until we line our actions with his will, thy will be done. 
on earth as it is in heaven, heaven's intention for earth cannot be manifest. Before I read Isaiah 6, I want to tell you this. God's destiny for you, how do I say it? God's destined, ultimate destiny for you isn't to be free. Not on earth. God's ultimate destiny for you on earth is to set the captives free. God's ultimate intention on earth for you ain't to be delivered. So stop prolonging your deliverance. Because that ain't his ultimate intention anyway. God is still delivering me. You behind because that ain't his ultimate intention. That's just the necessary conviction. To fulfill his destiny. You wasting time trying to get delivered. That's a Can I help you today? Your ultimate destiny ain't to be free. It's, it is to be able to champion freedom in places of bondage. It is to be able to bring freedom in a room just like a flag in a room. When I walk in the room, everything bound is touched by what I bring. When I walk into work, I'm bringing freedom with me. Here, you want to hold it? I can hand it to people. Hold that. You like the way that feels? That's destiny. That's destiny. But he needs us to understand yoking. He needs us to understand partnership. And so as I deal with Isaiah 60, as I deal with the day of Isaiah, hour of Isaiah 60 that we're in today, I need to preface it with that. So we will stop making deliverance the top of the mountain. Deliverance is not the top of the mountain. God is not waiting to deliver you. You're wasting your time trying to get delivered. He's not waiting to deliver you. Freedom is not his ultimate destiny for you. Right? Right? Freedom is the oxygen you breathe. It's just oxygen. Where the spirit of the Lord is. Freedom is not your destiny, it's your air. Just like I need oxygen to do life, breathing is not my destiny. I need to breathe to do life. Freedom is not my destiny. I need freedom to do kingdom. Does that make sense? Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60. Look at this. So, so profound. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I'm free indeed. Pastor, you lying because I still feel bound, but the Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. Newsflash, he did not set, he's not set you free today. Even if you feel your freedom today, he did not set you free today. He set you free on an old rusty cross on a mountain called Calvary. When he lifted his head and said, it was finished, you were set free right then. You're just getting the news of something that didn't took place. Freedom ain't you getting set free. Freedom is you finally getting the news. It's called the gospel. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, it's good news. It's good news. Isaiah chapter 60. Look at this. Isaiah chapter 60. 
Look at what it says in verse number one. Arise. Everybody say arise. Shine. For thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee. And his glory shall be seen upon thee. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, your, your destiny is glory. Verse 3. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light. And kings to the brightness of your rising. Your destiny is to rise. I know that. Your destiny isn't to get horizontal, beat your enemy horizontal. Your destiny is to rise to a level your your enemy can't access. We keep on trying to beat people on a level lower than the level we're called to. You don't have to. All you have to do is arise. And there's certain things you don't have to fight anymore. Tell me the last time the sun had to fight a lion. Sons don't have to fight lions. Sons are up there. Lions are down here. The lion can roar all day, but it can't reach the sun. So my level dictates the fact that I don't have to battle you anymore. Arise. If you would just rise there. You can roar all day, but you can't reach me. Your destiny is to arise, and his destiny is to eat the dust of the ground. I become lethal by way of level. As I go to other levels, I starve the devil. He has nothing to eat. He feeds off the dust of the the ground. Psalms, Psalm 68, look at What made um, David and Goliath such a powerful story is because David realized, I don't have to fight him hand to hand. I can fight him through the air. He defeated the giant in the air. And we shall be caught up. To meet the Lord in the air. Uh, Psalm 68 verse 1. Everybody, let God arise. Everybody say arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee from before him. Father, we just thank you and we bless you right now. For the spirit of the living God in this place. To declare what thus saith the king. Thank you, Lord God, that you clothe us on this morning in royal attire. That the righteousness of the saints would be our clothing in this hour. That our guards would be glory. And that our adornment would be brightness. We bless you and we thank you now that it is so in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You may be seated in the house of God. I want you to put up that first slide. I want to show you something. And keep in mind, I'm dealing with partnering with the Lord. This is so, so key because if you don't, if you don't understand that, religion will keep us from our identity through separating us from Christ. We are in him. Everybody say in him. We started dealing with that on Wednesday. We'll revisit that on Wednesday. Back on this Wednesday coming up, but for now, amen, I believe that helps us today. I want, I want to put these two verses side by side to help you understand how they work. Um, Isaiah 60 and 1 is a declaration to us, or more so a mandate on us. It is more so a directive from God to us. That's to us. Everybody say to us. Isaiah 60 and 1 is to us. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For us. But then in description to God. Psalm 68 and 1 says, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Arise, shine, for thy light is come. Let God arise. Everybody follow what I'm saying? I'm going to say that again. Arise, shine, for thy light is come. Let God arise. Our arising as a people ties directly into letting God arise. Arise. First, I want you to understand something. I need you to understand the, fir- the word let before God. All right. That doesn't fit in much of our tradition nor theology. In other words, God needs permission to rise. Let. The direction is let God rise. Don't hold him back. Our arising is actually letting God Arise. If we don't arise, the world doesn't experience the power of a risen Savior because he's already risen. He's already risen, so God causes us to arise so people can witness what resurrection looks like. Let God arise, but the problem is... The psalmist was prophesying about something that already happened. On the third day, he rose. God has risen. The Lord has risen. How in the world do we let God arise and he's already risen? Please hear what I'm saying because this is key. I'm talking about partnership. Through us living in risen reality, men witness his resurrection We arise or we let God arise by being seated in resurrection reality. Lose your neighbor, tell your neighbor, he is risen. To the degree or to the measure that we live not in the idea that he is risen, but in the reality that he is risen, we let the God that has risen arise. We let him, how can he, we let him arise, rise and he's already risen. Arise speaks of the felt impact of Jesus' resurrection. I can tell you he rose from the dead, but you ain't felt it yet. Because he rose from the dead is more than a sentence. He rose from the dead is a quickening of the spirit. And so now when I let God arise, I release the ability to be impacted 
affected by the reality that he's risen from the dead. He's risen from the dead ain't just a statement, my God, it's power. He's risen from the dead is more than just a, a moment in preaching. It is transformation. He's risen from the dead is more than what we say on Easter. He's risen from the dead, picks you up out of sin, and places your feet in righteousness. It's felt. We're supposed to feel resurrection. Your neighbor, tell your neighbor, we're supposed to feel resurrection. We must let God arise. He doesn't just automatically arise, although he is risen. In other words, what I'm saying is people do not feel the impact of his resurrection automatically. Did you? Do you know he was risen long before you got saved? He was risen long before the Holy Spirit knocked on the door of your heart. But there came a moment where you were impacted by the resurrection. Right? So it's not just him doing it. It's now opening a door to be impacted or influenced by that reality. A risen God, this is what I need y'all to understand. A risen God always results in a scattered enemy. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. The enemy isn't routed by God's fight. The enemy was routed by God's rising. We do not route the enemy. We don't we do not have to route the enemy. He's already routed through rising. Let God arise and let his enemies be what? He already rose, so his enemies are already scattered. Why aren't we experiencing that? God is not scattering his enemies. He already did. But in order for us to experience the reality of the scattered enemy, we must now arise. As we arise, watch this, we let God arise or we release the actual impact of the resurrection from the dead. Everybody follow what I'm saying? So, so, and I know this is new ground, but you'll catch it in a minute. When God arises through us letting God arise, his enemies are scattered. Sickness is scattered when God arises. Disease is scattered when God arises. Bondage is scattered when God arises. Anxiety is scattered when God arises. Suicide is scattered when God arises. And sin is scattered when God arises. A risen God always results in a scattered enemy. Where God arises through sons and daughters living in resurrection life. We got to deal heavy on resurrection and I'm going to deal with it today. Everybody say resurrection life. Without resurrection life, all we have is normal life and just try to do better than everybody else. We were not called to grit our teeth and try not to curse like everybody else, try not to, to, not to be mad like everybody else. We were called to a life called resurrection. Resurrection is not just hap- what happens when you die. Resurrection is a lifestyle you have while you live. Resurrection Life. We'll deal with that later on down the line. But as sons and daughters begin to live in resurrection life, right, the Lord's enemies are scattered, not destroyed. 
I'm going to say that again. The Lord's enemies. Do you understand anxiety is not your enemy? That's the Lord's enemy. Do you understand depression is not your enemy? That's the Lord's enemy. Do you understand that perversion is not your enemy? That's the Lord's enemy. Do you understand that pornography is not your enemy? That's the Lord's enemy. Do you understand that adultery is not your enemy? That's the Lord's enemy. Glory be to God. Amen. These are now his enemies, not your enemies, because those enemies are trying to mar his image on you. The devil hates God so much, and he knows he can't beat him. So he tries to pervert and now mar those that are called to look like daddy. So the more those enemies can come and have you looking like everything but daddy, that's the enemy's way of now getting to God. Come on. Look what I did to Job. Come on. Look at look at and he gonna curse you for it. You You said that boy was a pastor. Look at him sleeping with the secretary. Look what I did to him. You said he was a pastor. Right now. Right? He gets pleasure out of marring the image of God's children. Because he can't get the victory over God himself. So God's enemies of sickness, God's enemies of disease... God's enemies of bondage, anxiety, suicide, and sin are very much yet influencing and overpowering mankind. Just not where sons and daughters are rising. All those enemies can work, but not they're scattered where God's sons and daughters are rising. The best way I can say it is like this. Imagine... And maybe you can get it. Because scattered means to be driven in random directions in a posture of terror. when, When a crowd is dispersed forcefully in random, uncoordinated directions, right, they're scattered. They're Say, for instance, there is an overwhelming, very large number crowd. And within that overwhelming, very large number crowd, maybe like the festival that was downtown in Florence. What was it? The Pecan Festival. The people just everywhere. And you got this big mass of people, say 2,000. And in the middle of that crowd, somebody pulls out a gun and starts shooting. The moment that crowd figures out that those, what they're hearing popping is actually gunshots that are near them that they can be hit with, they begin to scatter. They begin to be driven in every direction. Terror in their eyes, heart beating fast, uh, um, not conscious, not even thinking clearly because they understand that their life is in danger and they need to get to safety. Do you understand the power of a rising son and daughter? The Bible says, let God arise and let his enemies, not your enemies, his enemies be 
scattered. Do you understand when sons and daughters start rising, that cancer looks at sons and daughters, start rising and begins to run for its life because it realizes if I hang out here, I'm not going to be able to continue to be cancer. Do you, oh glory, do you realize that when sons and daughters begin to rise, glory be to God, that diabetes looks at those sons and daughters and begins to scatter because they realize my life is in danger. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying? I gotta get to safety. And I, I, diabetes ain't safe around them when they gather together. Cancer ain't safe around them when they gather together. Depression sees sons and daughters rising and it begins to scatter because depression recognizes I'm not safe. It's like gunshots. And so now you see anxiety running for its life. Every time sons and daughters get together, depression running for its life. Every time sons and daughters get together, divorce running for its life. Every time sons and daughters get together, sickness running for its life. Let God arise and let his enemies be. I'm here to tell you right now, when cancer sees me, its heart start beating real fast. That's your destiny. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. When men on di- when dialysis dysfunctions mess around and step in the building, that's why they can't stay. And that's why they try to keep people from coming to the church. Because there's sons and there's daughters that are beginning to arise. And enemies are beginning to be scattered. I'm here to tell you, hell is beginning to hear gunshots in the house of God. Hell is beginning to hear shotguns in the house of God. Let God arise. Let God arise. As we arise, sin, sickness, and disease begin to scatter as far away from us as possible because they recognize we ain't safe there. God is raising up uh, He is raising us up, please hear me, to be a people whose presence makes cancer feel unsafe. Come on, a presence that makes diabetes understand. I can't hang around here if I'm going to keep on living. Amen. A risen God always results in a scattered enemy. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. If his enemies aren't scattered, it's because we let them. Jesus didn't let them gather. He let them scatter. Every time Jesus showed up, they had to scatter. I know who you are. Come to torment us before this time. Let us scatter into these swine. Right? They scattered. We let them scatter. They just can't scatter. Come on. You can go. Right. Because if you stay, you ain't going to make it out them doors. Right. Come on, come on. No, you can stay perversion. But I'm telling you right now, you better go before praise and worship starts. Because if you hang out after praise and worship, whatever came in with perversion ain't leaving with you. We're going to put nails in you at this altar today. 
we, we let the enemy depression you all right you can leave right now you can leave right now but i'm telling you right now the praise team is beginning to tap into that next level that level that you can't reach you better leave while you can but if you stay i'm here to tell you you ain't gonna survive past this song by the end of this song depression's gonna be gone i'm here you can stay if you want to i'm warning you right now but 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 that's preaching that i'm preaching is about to now jump on diabetes y'all hear what i'm saying march uh, uh, 22nd is coming real soon i'm here to tell you right now diabetes you better leave while you can because if you don't leave before march 22nd comes by the time we pronounce the benediction sugar will Sickle cell, you better leave those cells right now. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying? Because by the time we finish this wave of glory, you better, you got two more weeks. Because the glory is getting too high. I'm letting you leave right now. As God arises, let his enemies, you can leave. Dysfunction, I'm telling you right now, you can leave. I'm here to tell you right now, if your marriage is still in dysfunction, you better tell it to leave now. Husbands going to love their wives and wives going to submit to their husband. And everything in you that don't love your wife, you better let it go. You better tell it to leave now. And everything in you that won't submit to your husband, I'm telling you right now, it's about to get killed. You better let it go. It's about to be scattered. When the enemy is scattered, that's when you're just broken. Those are the times where you're snotting. Those are the times where your makeup is running down your neck. Those are the times where you're on the floor and you can't get up. And you just think God moved on you. He scattered the enemy. He told the enemy, enough is enough. And... Let God arise. And let his enemies, I'm here to tell you right now, there's some scattering that's about to happen. You think you're going to be quiet, but we're about to scatter that mute demon. You think you ain't going to praise God, but we're about to scatter that, that, that demon that won't give God glory. I'm telling you, demon, you can leave now. But, but God is about to arise in here. And I'm going to... A risen God always results in a scattered enemy. Amen. Let God arise. Let God arise. And let his enemy be scattered. You know why individuals in our house that are having marital problems tend not to come to church consistently? Because they don't know it, but the demon in them know if they come consistently, it's going to have to go. And so you just think you don't feel like coming to church, but that's that demon trying to protect its life. It just want to last another week. Because he knows we're rising. The sun is getting too hot. 
we're rising too much. There's too much glory in the house. Uh, no, 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 no. It's better for you. You didn't work hard today. Don't come to church. It's better for you. You need to cook dinner. It's better for you because you got a lot of problems. You need to stay home. Uh, and, and you think that's just you. But no, 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 no. That thing, that's that thing in you that knows God is rising. And if this darkness comes up into that light, this light is going to scatter that darkness. But I rebuke every demon and devil that's trying to keep you from the glory. Let God arise and let his enemy. Let God arise. No more, uh, no more, no more demonic natural excuses to allow a demon that is, is now trespassing on your heart. That demon don't belong in your heart. Your heart belongs to Jesus. That demon don't belong in your mind. Your mind belongs unto Jesus. Let God arise. There are demons that attack your attention to stay. Some of you just think you have a hard time paying attention. No, that's that demon making sure he don't hear what's going to kick him out. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. You can leave now. But if you hang out on that 21 day fast, I'm here to tell you we're about to fast for 21 days. If you hang out during that 21 day fast, you know why the devil don't want you to do the fast? Why he's already telling you that you're not going to do it, that you just ain't there, you ain't feeling it, it ain't the right time of the year. Don't churches fast in March. You know why the devil's doing that because they don't want to scatter. But I want to reaffirm and re-anchor you that God is going to do something in March. In March, heaven marches into earth. In March, glory marches on your job. In March, deliverance marches into your marriage. In March, transformation marches into your heart. This is the month of the March. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. See, we just, you just heard a praise, but the enemy heard a shotgun just now. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Isaiah 60, verse 1 through 3 says, Arise, shine. For thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Keyword, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. 
our mandate, now watch this, and if you could put Isaiah 60 verse 3 up. Our mandate, everybody say mandate. Our mandate is to arise and shine by the which we let God arise and a risen Savior always results in a scattered enemy. And where the enemy begins to be scattered, the Gentiles begin to be gathered. I'm going to say that again. Where the enemy begins to be scattered, the Gentiles begin to be gathered, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light. A scattering always produces a gathering. Please hear what I'm saying. Where the enemy is scattered, the Gentiles, the unsaved, the unchurched, the, the government officials begin to gather where he has arisen. The Gentiles begin to gather at our gathering because where we gather, the enemy has to scatter. They come to the light. Listen to this. They come to the light or our presence that scatters the enemy. Light defined. Light isn't just good music. Light isn't just good preaching. Light isn't just solid children's church program. Light isn't uh, light just isn't a wonderful praise team. Light is the inherited authority to scatter darkness by our gathered presence. When we gather, it releases light. It's called a corporate anointing. It's Christ on us corporately. See, light doesn't remove darkness. That's our problem. Light scatters darkness. Turn off the light and turn... I'm going to say that again. Darkness didn't move, it scattered. Turn off the light and turn it back on and watch darkness scatter. You can't, it goes so fast that you can't even tell how it left. How did you leave so fast? Because uh, when God arrived, the Gentiles shall come to thy light. Y'all still missing it. Come here, anxiety. Come here, come here, come here. Come here, depression. Come here, come here, come here, perversion. Not really, but come here, come here, come here. Come here, come here, bondage. Come here, addiction. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And I need all of y'all to surround me and touch me. Come on. And I'm walking around with all of this darkness on me. Uh, glory be to God. When I go to work, I got anxiety on me. When I go to work, depression is still on me. When I go to work, uh, unfulfillment and fear follow me. Guess what? When I go to church, uh, some of you are sitting in the pews and you ain't sitting by yourself right now. You have you have unwelcome visitors uh, that didn't sign a visitor card uh, that are sitting in some of these right now because these demons don't care if you're in church they don't care they're not intimidated by church they're not intimidated by prophetic words they're not intimidated by the laying in hands they're intimidated by light when the, but when the light comes so they'll come and sit in church and sing on the choir 
and what's happened now, all these things are now on me. But now where we arise, amen, where, where, where sons and daughters arise, enemies are scattered. So come here, son, and come here. Uh, come here, daughter. Come here, son, and come here. Where two or three are gathered. And so what happens is every, I don't know what it is, but every time I go to that gathering, every time I get in the midst of that worship, every time that word goes forth, when I get in their midst, I need y'all to scatter. I now get in there and I don't feel the weight. I don't feel the depression. I don't feel like I got to go back. I don't feel like I'm addicted. I don't feel like I have to go on in that relationship. I don't feel like I, the enemy was scattered as long as I'm in the house of the living and as soon as I leave the light, I need y'all to come back. Everything that was on me gets back on me. I get the But then I come back after three months of going back in my sin. Y'all are here. When I come back, the same thing happens. When I get in the midst of the light, the enemies are scattered. And for two months, I go to church. For two months, I do what I'm supposed to do. But then I go back again and the same depression and the same defeat and the same perversion until I get to the point where I say I'm going to the light and this time I ain't going back. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. You got another brother. You got another brother. You got another praise power. This time I'm coming and I ain't leaving because every time I'm in light my enemies scatter. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, let God arise and let his enemies be. I see them scattering right now. Did you hear the boom? Did you hear the explosion? I see them scattering right now. Did you hear the power? So Gentiles, so Brian, Gentiles, she'll come to our life. All they know is the stuff I'm fighting with flees when I'm in the midst of that people. Adultery flees. I'm secretly cheating on my wife. But every time I get in the midst of them people, something tells me I can be faithful. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Divorce. Divorce is all over me. But every time I get in the midst of them people, something tells me my marriage can live. Divorce flees. God Almighty. Sick of sailors on my boy's sails. But every time I bring that boy to those people, he don't get sick like he normally gets sick. Sick of sailors. It's scaring in the presence of the light of God. I need somebody in here. Let's talk. You think you worked through it? You hung out in light. You think you just got better? The devil is a liar. Somebody has light. Only light scatters darkness. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how long it's going to take for you to get free this time, baby. Let me tell you how long it's going to be. Can I show you how long it's going to be before you get free this time? I'm going to show you how long it is. Where a light switch at? Come on, turn it off. 
and then turn it back on. Guess just guess what? No, you you did it. You messed the whole thing up when you messed up the gimmick. I can't say voila now like voila. Messed it up. off the light. This time your deliverance ain't a wrestling match. This time your deliverance is staying in light. Turn on the light. It's over. I'm here to tell you it's broken. I'm here to tell you the generational curse no longer has you right now. I'm here to tell you that perversion no longer has you right now. I'm here to tell you that unforgiveness no longer has you right now. Arise and shine. I ain't talking about God now. I'm talking about you since he's already risen. Arise and shine for your light has come. Our glory be to God. Your freedom has come. Your deliverance has come. Your breakthrough has come. Your change has come. I need somebody to bless him right now. Where the enemy is scattered, the Gentiles begin to gather. Glory be to God. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light. Why? Because their darkness scatters when they come to your light. I'm here to tell you we're about to start getting weird testimonies. And you better not look at them like they're funny. We're about to have women saying, I thought that I was homosexual and I went to your church for two months and I know that I am not homosexual. Pastor, you never even preached against homosexuality. You never even said anything about it. All I know is, is when the singing went forth, my heart tingled. All I know is when the preaching went forth, something told me that I'm more than a conqueror through the Lord. All I know is something told me that my heart is clean, my mind is pure. I was made for righteousness and holiness is unto me. I'd rather be light than start a fight. I'm going to say that again. I would rather be light than start a fight. I ain't got to start a topic with you about what your view is. All I got to do is be what you're not like. And eventually you'll figure out what you thought was light was actually darkness. And all I arise and shine. Every time I come into that church, adultery scatters off of my heart. I feel bad about sleeping with other women every time I come into that church. Every time I come in that church, I feel bad about how I treat my wife. I know I need to talk to her better than that. I wish I could get somebody here that can actually say that they know what I'm talking about. There's some lines in here that you get convicted in the light of this thing. And you know you got to get this thing together. I'm here to tell you God is rising. And his enemies. Depression just scatters off of your mind. I forget when I'm mad when I'm in here. 
I just planned to come to church and be quiet. I wasn't going to say nothing. I'm just going to sit through it. And before I know it, my, I'm going to stand it up with my eyes closed and my hands lifted. Because light scattered that darkness. Because you were created to worship. You were created to wave your hands. You were created to bless his name. Let God arise. And let his enemies. Light doesn't remove darkness. Light scatters darkness. You can't find it when light comes. But your eyes can find light in darkness. You ever had all the lights off and your eyes adjust and you can still see stuff that you couldn't see when the lights first went out? Because... In darkness, there is no darkness that can now disseminate all light. All right. It's gross darkness, but it doesn't have to be great light. Gross darkness is dealt with by regular light. Because light is so much superior to darkness. So you can have gross darkness, but all I got to do is have regular light. Regular light can deal with gross darkness. So you don't even tell your neighbor, I'm, I'm just regular light. I'm just regular light. <laughs> Stop thinking you got to be an apostle. Just be regular light. You ain't got to be the pastor. Regular light. You ain't got to be an elder. Regular light. Regular light can deal with the gross darkness that pastor preaches against. to scatter the same darkness. Regular light. Not, not. What is light? Again, light, now listen to this because I need y'all to understand what light is. Light is the inherited authority to scatter darkness by our gathered presence. Our gathered presence has on it inherent authority to scatter darkness. Right. It gets real light when all the lights get together. That was what God intended. So what I need you to do now is start inviting darkness. Stop inviting the people that already go to church. Invite the people that still smell like liquor the next day. Invite the people that curse more than they say regular words. Glory be to God. Invite the people that never stepped foot in a church in their life. Invite the people that don't that are that don't look like you, that are a different race from you. Because they're not coming to your style. If they're gonna come, they're gonna come to light. They're not they're not coming to a program. If they come, they're gonna come to light. Stop thinking that our weapon is our program. Stop thinking that our weapon is good preaching. The only reason why this is touching you is not because it's good preaching, but it's light. Light is hitting you ever. It's light. I need you to invite everybody you can. And, and, and some will be transformed and other men will love darkness rather than light and they'll run. But you don't know until you get them in light. Right? Now, this is what we need to understand. And I'm going. 
Thank you, Lord. I'm going to, Lord, I didn't get to half of what I wanted to get to yet. Thank you, Lord. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. In order to arise, we must understand the, the nature of resurrection life. Everybody say resurrection life. We arise through being witnesses that he is risen. Right? We arise or we let God arise by way of being seated in resurrection reality. Right? To the measure that we live in the reality that he is risen, we let God arise and his enemies are scattered. Now, this is the good news part. I'm about to help you. I'm about to tell you something about the nature of darkness that's really, 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 really good news. There are limitations on the power of darkness. Right? I need y'all to get that. There are limitations on the power. We too much run around marketing an inferior darkness instead of emanating a superior light. We do not have to market darkness and talk about how bad it's getting when we have something better. Darkness has limitations. Darkness and all of its tormenting effects on us, whether that's spiritually, whether that's mentally, whether that's emotionally, or whether that's in our physical body, can only extend to a boundary called death. Death is not the end of our life. It is the boundary for darkness. Through Christ Jesus. Death is no longer our end. Death is darkness's boundary. If I say death is darkness's boundary. Death is darkness's boundary. Everybody's scared to die. What, what are you scared to die for? To live as Christ and to die as gain. A man or woman of God die and then people walk around and say, Sick, I told you so. I knew they wouldn't live right. Look, they're dead now. Well, newsflash. Live for another 25 years, you're going to die too. They're dead now. They're they gone. 50 years, you are too. How long do you think you're going to be around? Amen. <laughs> Sickness, poverty, depression, despair, anxiety, fear. Frustration, hopelessness, lust, bondage, and any other form of brokenness by way of darkness has a boundary called death. Death is the extent of darkness. Death is darkness's nuclear weapon. It is the last punch that darkness can throw at you. Right? And, and so now... What happens is, come back darkness. Come back all my darkness. What happens is, all my darkness has come back. Quick, come back fast, fast, fast. Y'all scared of light. I know you scared of light. Come on, come on, grab me darkness. I have darkness, has a darkness, anxiety, depression, despair, a defeat. All have a boundary line, Brother Brockenberry. That boundary line is death. At that pulpit is death, right? The moment that I cross that boundary, darkness has to stay on that side of the line. And so what happens is, once I physically die, but I'm going to talk about, ultimately that ain't resurrection life ain't when you die. 
You don't die and wait to be resurrected. You experience resurrection life before you die. And I'm, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. The line is right here. Once I cross over into death, they, they can want me, they can desire me, but on the other side of that line, they're done. Right? That's it. Anxiety no longer has access to me after death. Uh, you know, sickness no longer has access to me after death. Torment no longer has access. Addiction no longer has access to me after death. But Colossians 1 and 18 says he's the firstborn from the dead. And so now your boundary is my beginning. God now changed the womb from mama to death. Death is no longer an end. It's actually a birth canal. Right? And so now, death is mama's new womb. I die to live. And so now what happens is, Jesus said, since ultimately, Adam, if you eat of this tree, you shall die. Death is now darkness's greatest weapon. I am going to send a son that doesn't sin to die so after they die, they can come out on the other side and look at darkness and say, I still live. But you can't come. But I, but I still live, but you can't come. He's the firstborn from the dead. He is not the only begotten from the dead. He's the firstborn from the dead. Read Colossians 1.18. He's the only begotten son, but he's the firstborn from the dead. If he's the firstborn from the dead, that means he now died and resurrected to release a new line of life called resurrection life. Resurrection life is when I live life after death before I die. I'm going to say that again. Through my faith in now the resurrection of Jesus Christ, through me being seated in the reality that when his spirit it comes upon me and I'm born again, what does born again mean? It means being born from the dead. He was the first born from the dead. When you get the Holy Spirit, you get the spirit of a man who's born from the dead. I have now living in me life after death while I'm still living. So God said, I'm going to come over to death glory be to God and I am going to get the keys to life after death but I ain't going to make you die to get it I'm going to come back to life I'm going to come back to the other side of life and give you the keys to life after death so before you ever cross there they can't follow you I'm still living and anxiety can't follow me I'm still living and depression can't follow me I'm still living and addiction can't. I'm living resurrection life before I die. So now, darkness looks at me and says, oh, he coming. Y'all move over. Let him go. And you walk through, you ever walk through a crowd, they just... It, when, when you live in resurrection life, demons just be sitting there waiting on the corner. But when they see you, go move on them. They scatter. Defeat. It scatters. Come on, anxiety. It scatters. Come on, it's good because God even likes to prepare a table for you in the presence of you. 
So sometimes he'll have you stop in the midst of all of them while they're attacking you and just stop praising. Get your little tongue tongue. Look at them. They can't do nothing about this. I'm giving good. They can't do nothing. Hey. Shanda. Hey. Y'all want to come and watch me next week? Come on down. You can be the next contestant. But you can't pay the price. Because the price for this freedom has been paid for. It is resurrection life. And when you're a believer not living resurrection life, you try to do what the one living resurrection life does, but you'll find when you try to walk through what they walk through that some of those demons attach themselves. You keep on walking. And so now, now what happens is we're not yet living resurrected life saying you're a believer and you still live like that. That believers, now there is a stage of believers where they live like that. But they're at some point are baptized in the spirit. Amen. And once you're, there is a Roman seven believer. Amen. There's a, that, that for most people, they hit the Roman seven stage. But I'm here to tell you there's going to come a time where there's a generation that ain't going to stop at Roman seven. They're going to go to, straight to Romans eight. But the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed me from the law. They are not going to walk around saying they're wretched. They're not going to walk around saying they're messed up. They're not going to walk around saying they're nothing. They're going to understand. But the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed me from the law of sin and death. I'm here to tell you right now. If, if darkness still has access to your life, it's because you, it's because it has a direct reflection of your depth of being seated in resurrection reality. To the level you're seated in resurrection reality, to that level, darkness cannot encroach on who you are. Do you understand? That's why God says, let God arise. Because this is now all done by faith. Everybody say, by faith. By faith. No, 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 no. You're not doing it by sight. You're doing it by faith. And because darkness knows that, it'll try you. So now depression and anxiety come. Come depression and anxiety. But I know I'm living resurrection life. So now attach yourself to me. But I, I actually have resurrection life. But they've attached it. I find myself, and I know I'm free. But I'm fighting with depression right now. I feel anxiety coming upon me. But, but I got resurrection life. And then that's when God says... Well, let me arise. Come on. Arise and shine. Come on. Rise up in the reality of where you sit by faith. Come on. I can't have anxiety. I can't be depressed. I already have life on the other side of the grave. So if depression and anxiety are connected to me, they're actually trespassing. You are trespassing. You have no right to be in here. So I am going to let God arise. I decree and declare right now he died for my sins. I'm letting him arise. And on the third day he rose for my justification. And by his stripes I am healed. Glory be to God. The stone was rolled away. There was a big earthquake and graves were open. Glory be to God. He now left the tomb without his grave clothes. See, you just think I'm quoting scriptures, but I'm actually rising. I'm actually operating in rising. And before I know it, 
glory be to God. He, he, he not. He who ascended on high first went to the death. He has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And before I know it, I stop looking at the darkness. And I continue to now tap into the light. God is arising. I am arising. And I turn around and figure out that my enemy has been scattered. Because let God arise. Shout resurrection. Resurrection. Resurrection life. I'm supposed to be depressed. You believe the lie. I'm supposed to have marital problems. You believe the lie. That's keeping you on the, you living life on the wrong side of the grave. You waiting to die to resurrect, you wait, you late. You resurrect long before you die. There is a physical ultimate resurrection. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that there's no ultimate physical resurrection, but resurrection life is now. We get a down payment of that now. It's the earnest of our expectation. Amen. And the more that you're rooted in the reality that I have a spirit in me that's resurrected, the more darkness has to scatter when you come. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. So what happens is a city is set upon a hill. See, when you really become the light of the world, a candle lit that's set on the table, God doesn't leave you down here. He says, I put it up high. I put it up high so it can give light to the room. So if we were light, we wouldn't be sitting on the pews. The best way I could describe light is with a chandelier hanging. God puts us over. Once you become light, he puts you over something. That's when you have right to leadership. Leadership has to be light. Because you by your life should be able to shed light in other people's lives. You don't even always have to preach to them. You just live. Your life is light that begins to cause darkness to scatter in other people's lives. So now what I'm telling you is arise and shine for our light has come. I'm here to tell you we're no longer on this level. God has placed us as a chandelier over this region. God is calling us to be a chandelier even unto this nation. And the Gentiles shall come to our light. And kings shall come to the... They are coming from other languages. They are, I don't care what you think because you ain't seen it yet. They are coming from other colors. They are coming from other countries. They are coming from other cities. They are coming because there's light. They're coming. They're coming because there's light. They're coming because we're light. Whatever form of darkness is impacting your heart, your mind, or your soul, you do not have to wait. You can arise anytime. And the darkness will scatter every time. You can arise. What are you waiting on? Arise. If you had to wait on light, I wouldn't have made you light. Arise and shine. Hold on. No, no. When you start feeling an overcoming, overwhelming place of, 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 of oppression, 
you got to begin to learn the mind of Christ. See, sometimes we think the worst about people and call it discernment. Your default is always to think the best about a person. And so if I hear something about somebody, I am not going to look at them any different. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt as if the person talking about them don't know what they're talking about. Right. Right? And then if I'm looking at my wife and I'm questioning her character, I'm going to think, the, my default ain't to think, you know, I'm right, she is up to something. Or she was this or she. My default must be light. Right. She, she meant well. She ain't mean nothing by it. You got to learn how to recognize when the enemy is trying to use his head to infiltrate your thoughts and bruise the head of the serpent. That means don't allow his thought processes to begin to affect, bruise his head with your heel. Amen? Bruise your head with his heel. Amen? And so, so let me show this. We are to be witnesses of resurrection. Everybody say, we are witnesses of resurrection. Amen. We, we, are, we are witnesses of resurrection, not only by verbal testimony, but by way of living resurrection life. We are to live resurrection life, a life that darkness has no legal right to. Right? We are witnesses of resurrection by life. Not just saying he rose. It's by, it's by saying I've risen. Right. Come on. I arise. Amen. 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 Now watch this. Put up that second slide for me. I'm going to look at a couple things. Go a couple more places. If we look at the second slide. Hallelujah. Acts 1 and 22. This is some declarations of witness of resurrection. Beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. God doesn't need witnesses of church. He doesn't need witnesses of good preaching. He needs witnesses of resurrection. He's not talking about people who run around saying he rose from the dead. He's talking about people that are living with rose from the dead life, a DNA on the inside of them. They've been baptized in the spirit of the living God. I'm here to tell you right now, we cannot, we cannot leapfrog baptism. Right. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? We cannot leapfrog baptism. Baptism must be an experience that we have. We must be baptized in the spirit of God, filled with his spirit. That is a promise. He does not withhold that from anybody. But we cannot do this without that. We cannot be a witness of resurrection without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm so, I'm so tired of all this new age stuff that tries to skip over that. If you just try hard enough, if you just have enough mental fortitude, this is not positive thinking. You just got to remember that you have risen with God. No, you don't just remember you've risen with God. That is a step in it, but you actually experience the resurrection. You actually experience the encounter. You encounter the living God. And until you encounter the living God, you cannot be a witness of resurrection. You can help people join your church. You can help people come to the choir. You can tell people good facts about the Bible. But witnesses of resurrection have encountered the resurrected Christ through baptism. We must be baptized. Amen? So watch this. Romans 6 verse 5. 
For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the what? We shall be in the likeness of his. We got to die like him if we're going to live like him. That's a whole nother message. Amen. We got to die like him if we're going to live like him. We have to be in the likeness of his death that if we're going to be in the likeness of his resurrection. How did he die? He didn't die because of his sin. He died because he was sinless. We must now embrace our righteousness in Christ, which is deliverance over sin. That's another message I'll go to another day. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Amen. You must be, we must be baptized. You will never be able to see it if you're not baptized. Resurrection life will continue to offend you if you're not baptized. Amen. People who are living resurrection life will seem insensitive to you. They will seem um, illogical to you. They will seem extreme to you. Glory be to God. Because you can't understand that the, the natural mind cannot understand the things of the spirit. The spiritual man judgeth all things, yet he's judged of no man. That's one that's hard for religious people to swallow. In other words, if you haven't experienced resurrection life, you're not even qualified to judge someone who has. Your critique has zero value. Watch this. 1 Peter 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now the first thing I want to say is he's begotten us again. How? Who is our new mother? I'm here to tell you, your mo- you know your mama's name, but do you know your other mama's name? You got another mama called Mercy. Mercy is your second mama. That's the one that births you from the dead. Which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again. Amen. Unto a lively hope. How? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Everybody say lively hope. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Resurrection life, please hear me, and I'm almost done, is actualized. Or resurrection life is actually experienced, get this, by hope. We cannot experience resurrection life only one way, by hope. We inherit resurrection life. We inherit experiencing resurrection life by hope. Hope that is seen. Come on, Romans 8 and 24, we're good at this. Hope that is seen is not hope. Hope is calling those things that be not as though they were. Better said, calling those things that be not seen as though they were because they are. Calling those things that be not as though they were don't mean not. It just means calling those things that be not seen. As though they were, because what I see is actually what is. What I don't see is actually what is. We just don't see them. 
We don't see them to obtain them. We say them to experience them. I'm going to say that again. We don't see resurrection life to obtain resurrection life. We say resurrection life to experience resurrection life. Jesus died for my offenses and he was rose, he rose on the third day for my justification. He sits on the right hand of the Father waiting to pour out a pitcher called Holy Spirit that saturates and immerses me. In him I live, move, and have my being. I can't see them, but as I say them, I qualify myself to experience them. They are by hope. They are by hope. Through saying, I access experiencing. That's why many of us lack in the realm of experience because we're dominated by sight. At least our language is. We talk more about what we see than what God has said, promised. But we don't see resurrection life to have resurrection life. We say resurrection life to have resurrection life. Right? God, God baptizes me in the Holy Spirit. He fills me until all I want is him. He saturates me until all my satisfaction and fulfillment is in him and his will for my life. Amen? He makes it where all of my mind belongs unto him. He makes it where everything I want and I'm satisfied with comes out of him. People who are not filled with the Holy Spirit can't see that. They can't see the kingdom. The kingdom is hidden and only seen through now the, 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 the perspective that the Holy Spirit gives us through baptism. This simply isn't any hope, right? Everybody say it's a lively hope. It's not, see, a lot of us say, look, I hope in Christ, I hope in heaven. Oh, but no, he didn't say just a hope. He said a lively hope. It, it's now the Greek word zeal. It means vigor. Or it is an intense hope. It is an energetic hope. It is a fiery hope. Glory be to God. It is a fiery hope. Hope we have, the hope we have that now begets resurrection life is fiery hope. It is a lively hope. It is a fiery hope. It is a lively hope. It is a fiery hope. A hope filled with passion and extravagant devotion towards Jesus Christ. A hope filled with pouring out adoration unto God daily. Adoring Him as our moment by moment fulfillment and purpose living, working and meeting every mundane thing that we have to do in life all walking in continual places of prodigal praise. My God when I pay the bill, I'm paying the bill in devotion My God when I'm going to get the orange juice I'm going to get the orange juice in worship while I'm riding down the street I'm kissing the sun every part of my life becomes engulfed because it just the hope where I say, I hope now I'm going to go to heaven one day. I hope that God accepts me. No, no, that's a dead hope. No, 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 this is a lively hope. This is a hope full of people who when they get together, they begin to exalt his name. They cry out unto him. They lay on the floor. They wave their flags. They bless his name. It is a lively hope. I don't see it, but you're going to see me going after it with everything I got. You're going to see me expressing my passion for him with everything we got. If it's, if it's a hope that's not alive, 
then I would dare to say that it ain't real hope. All right. All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I hope. I hope to see Jesus. That old dead hope. Right. That ain't hope. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hope don't let things die. Hope brings things back to life. There was a man who against hope. Believed in hope. That after his organs were as good as dead. Y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get it. He was beyond the years of birthing. I don't know how to say it. It was dried up. The store was closed. Business shut down. Right? But hope accesses resurrection. Now I heard something a preacher said, one of my favorite preachers, Damon Thompson. And I'm going to say this because I believe we're kingdom enough. Within resurrection, and I need y'all to say spiritual, is the word erection. Resurrection gives you the ability to stand and release life. Come on, that's right. Come on. Come on. Come on. He against hope. Come on. Believed in hope. And that which was dead, Gabriel, man, when it dies, it dies. There were no doctors back then. Come on. There, there, there were no stores he could go to. There was no vi- what was that? What to call that stuff? Viagra and Niagara and whatever it is that they none of that. All he knew is, is that God said, we're going to have a baby. And the more that I praise him for it, the more I feel myself coming alive again, Sarah. Lord, be to God, Sarah, you better stop. You better put up your walker, Sarah. We still going to have us a baby. Glory be to God. No, no, you ain't going to play checkers today at the senior citizen house. No, 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 no. God gave us a promise. Anyway. We still got a promise. Hope, hope releases resurrection. You're able to stand off of hope. Amen. Everybody say lively hope. Lively hope. Why are you beginning to experience, many of you are beginning to experience parts of who you are become, come back to life. Parts of your worship come back to life. Amen. Amen. Why are you beginning to experience that? Amen. Because of hope. Calling those things that be not as though they were. We had this amazing assignment that we did a marriage ministry. Marriage ministry trains my life Saturday. I'm, t- I'm here to tell you right now, if you missed it, you missed it. If you missed it, you you missed something, boy. From the impartation and everything, it, that thing was crazy. 
But a part of what uh, um, um, Elder Mills and Danielle were led to do was to write letters. You were to write love letters to your loved one. Not no old corny love letter. A letter of passion. It ain't no, oh, I, I like, you're such a hard-working mother. You're so good to the kids. None of that. That wasn't what this was about. This one was about Song of Solomon type letter. This is, I'm about to mack you down and remind you why you married me letter. This was one of them letters. And I hadn't done it in so long, but I used to always write letters to my wife and write poems. Right? I would I hand her the letter, sometimes I'd read it to her, and she would melt. Just, just Whatever you want, honey. Sunday. Right? I used to write them all the time. She had boxes full of them. You know what? I'll throw a little bit of Keith Sweat in there. Jagged Edge. John B. You know, before I was delivered, R. Kelly. BBB. Bobby Brown. Truth About Roni. The uh, young people look at me like, uh. I'm showing my age right now. They look like, the old boy cracking up. <laughs> you can tell your age if you laugh. All right? And so what happened is, is I begin to write this letter. Right? That was always there. There was a passion that I had that I used to express all the time. But then I begin to write that letter. It began to open back up. And before I know it, I got four pages that I wrote, all about my passion for this woman. By the time I get to the second page, I got to call her. And I'm saying, girl, where are you? You are the woman of my dreams. I love you so much, I don't know what I'd ever do without you. Do you understand how phenomenal and wonderful you are? How beautiful. You take my breath away. Girl, when you look at me in my eyes... It drowns me in desire. It opens up stuff in me that don't want to be tamed. It, it not, I'm, I'm telling you, this is, these are now, why am I saying that so freely? Because that's how I really feel. And as I begin to write that letter, oh I never praise God for marriage like I praised him. I'm sitting there, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Ella, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. At this point, it's no longer pastor and first lady. It's lion and gazelle. I'm chasing. Girl, you're going to slow down sometime today. You want to go down to the grocery store? I'm going to go to the grocery store with you. Where the fruit loops at? If you want to go to Dollar General, I'm going to Dollar General with you. I'm going to chase you down. I ain't taking you out of my sight until I trap you. I'm going to catch you in the corner at some point today. I ain't taking my eyes off of you until I do. (laughs) 
Kevin, I love Kevin Charles. He came over last night. And I said, I wish he would leave. <laughs> I love him too. I'm like, this boy come over today. How you gonna come over on and off today and interrupt me while I'm running her, chasing her around this house? <laughs> Call first, sir. <laughs> first, sir. <laughs> I love this girl. This girl's the woman of my dreams. <laughs> and, and you know, Kevin, he talks for long periods of time. Three hours worth. And the whole time, all that's in my mind is rush. <laughs> ready to release a roar. <laughs> me Jesus but that's the way marriage is that's after 18 years but there's some things it's, it's a lively hope it's like it's actually more now it's more than what it is it's more than it has ever been I realize I'm worse now I said my God I'm lovesick Right? But how that was stuff that my marriage always had that I wasn't experiencing because I wasn't articulating. My hope released me into the experience of what I always had right in front of me. Man, this is the first time in years that woman had to tell me, go to sleep. I was just talking her head off. Yeah, you know? And I was just thinking. I just want to talk to you, you know? I'm like, what's wrong with me right now? Glory to his name. That Danielle and, and Edwin. I say, I love them. I love y'all. Glory be to God. All right, let's move on. Amen. I probably went too far with that point, didn't I? I'm sorry. All right. But for real, they'll call first. No. <laughs> it's the point of the... That was the whole point. The point wasn't even the, the, the message. It was just call first. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. I'm about to call. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Y'all better come to marriage ministry. Sure. I'm going to beat everybody there. What, what y'all got this time? <laughs> Philippians chapter 3, verse number 8. Hallelujah. God is good. That's the goodness of God. I don't care what nobody says. That's the goodness of God. That's the, marriage is the goodness of God. Marriage is the goodness of God. Amen? The great part about it is it's not lust. Man, it's love. It's real, time-tested love, man. It ain't lust. She don't just want it. She want me. I don't just want it. I want her. Philippians chapter 3, 
verse 8. That's marriage ministry for you single people. If they're willing to get to have you before they're married to you, they just want it. If they want you, they'll wait. If they ain't willing to wait, they want it. That means they ain't just doing it with you. That's good teaching. Philippians 3, verse 8. I'm going to stop because my children are turning red in the face. I'm embarrassing all my children. Taylor over there like, Dad. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Yet doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do not count them, and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ, and be found in him. Verse 9, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness of God by faith. Verse 10, that I may know him. This is the key part. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. The passion that accesses resurrection reality can't count. See, you can't count if you're going to have... It's a passion that can't count. It can't keep numbers well. Passion that accesses resurrection don't know how to add. Because it doesn't count everything. Look, I, I know I got a good job, but that don't count. Not in my fulfillment. I count that but don't. That I may win Christ. I, I, I know I got a, a decent car, but that don't count. Glory be to God. I know we eat good. We have we eat good. We got a roof over our head. We can vacation, but that don't count. Glory be to God. I, I, I know that we can do many things. I, 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 man, look, I know we got a good church, but that don't count. I know that I got a good word today, but that don't count. I, I know that there, that was good worship, but that don't count. When I leave here, as far as I'm concerned, that worship don't count in how I'm going to worship him now. That word don't count in how I'm going to seek the word now. Glory be to God. That does not count in my satisfaction. When you really get a passion that accesses resurrection, you can't count. I don't care how many times I've been touched by God. I can't count because I want to be touched by him more now than I've ever been touched by in my life. I don't care how many times I prayed and heard his voice. I can't count because I want to pray and hear his voice right now. No matter how many times he's moved through me and the anointing has fell upon me, I want the anointing to fall upon me now. I cannot count at all. My God, I want God so bad like we didn't even go to church. I want God so bad like we ain't even been here for three hours. I can't count. That I may know him. In what? The power of his resurrection. People who walk in resurrection life, you wouldn't think they read the Bible. The way that you see them reading the Bible. 
Right. It's like, what were you doing earlier, reading the Bible? Why are you reading it like that? Because I can't count. We're going to have service tomorrow evening. It's like, man, why are you worshiping God like that? The way you worshiped him yesterday, you spin around, fell on your face, cried, God broke it, and you mess around and going crazier today because I can't count. That I may know him. Not learn him. I don't want to learn him. I want to know him. I want to experience him. I want to touch him. I want to feel him. I want his wind to touch me. I want his spirit to fall upon me. I want him him to overshadow me like he did Mary and conceive a holy thing in me. I can't count. I'm not bound by commandment no more. I don't care if I had my devotional time this morning. I feel like being devotional right now. I can't count. I'm not in commandment right now. No, 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 no. I don't care if I, all I did was talk about them all day. I want to talk about them right now, uh, Javante, because I can't count. I can't count because I, I want to know him. In the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. So, And he said that I may win Christ. We win him by being willing to count other things as loss. Right. We win through losing. Come on now. Right. What by way of your passion are you willing to lose so you can win? Come on. I don't care if I got to lose television watching. I got to win. I don't care if I got to lose hanging out. I got to win. I don't care if I got to lose my friend. I got to win. I count it all done. And I may win Christ. I want to pray. I need y'all to understand something. That this house, this house right now, God is saying, Arise. Arise and shine. For thy light is come. Marcus, would you begin to play something? Anything. I need you, Elder Johnson, would you come and get three seats and place them over here while, while he's playing? Three chairs, just place them up front. Thank you, Lord. Arise, shine, <clears throat> for thy light is come. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. We let God arise through arising by living in the reality of resurrected life. That I have life after death while I'm still living right now. <clears throat> Turn to me, other one. Turn facing me. Kind of try to spread them out, one in the middle right here, and two. Yeah, that's fine. No, that, that's, that's fine. Put it right there. Bring that one over a little bit. And bring it away from the step just a little bit. So there's room. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Edwin, would you take some oil and just anoint the seats? You don't have to do anything but just pray the blessing of the Lord over on the on the part that the bottom sits in. Thank you, Jesus. We arise as we say yes to being seated. You can put it in your hand first. Yes, sir. That's all right. He's prodigal. 
It's extreme. Yeah. That's his name. Hallelujah. What are we going to do? Hallelujah. What we're going to do is we understand that God is telling us to arise. We're in Isaiah 60 hour. But that arising is through being seated in the reality of resurrection. As we seat ourselves in the reality of resurrection, we arise and God's enemies be scattered. Our enemies begin to scatter. And where cancer begins to scatter, where divorce begins to scatter, right? Where bondage and addiction begin to scatter, the Gentiles come together. This is a, about us entering into our Isaiah 60 hour identity of arising and shining. By which we let God arise. Would everybody would stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Tanya de Deborah Vaca.